Well, hello, and welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad that you are here. Hey, whether you listen all the time, maybe a friend shared this with you, or perhaps you just stumbled across it, Um, whatever it is, I'm just so glad that you are here. And hey, today we're going to talk about um, our reputation versus our character. And this is something that God's really been doing with my heart about, and I really believe that you're going to get something out of this. You know, I love community groups at my church and recently we had a group and during that group we had the best time the best conversation so much good things happening and while I was there I told a half truth and the minute you know whenever you say something and the minute it leaves your mouth you already have your mind screaming at you that this is not the truth like go back tell the truth and move on. And for me in that moment, I was like, oh, it's no big deal. I mean, it's partially true. And God wouldn't leave me alone about it. And then I get in my car and the Holy Spirit just so convicted me. And I went on the next few days of just really feeling guilty, really feeling bad about not telling the full truth. And the one thing that God kept putting on my heart was it wasn't even that the detail was important. It's more about us being people of character and people of integrity. And I began to think about, and God's just really had me on this journey of uh, speaking to me about our reputation versus our character. Our reputation is what people say about you. Your character is who you are when no one's looking. Your reputation is what you will have in the next five years, but your character is building the legacy that you will one day leave. See, reputation is decided by public opinion, and character is withstood from no matter what critics, rejection, or success comes its way. And I would say that so much of our society that we live in is all built around reputation. We want to build a big reputation for ourselves. That's why so many people get so much value out of their Instagram following, about what's happening on their social media, how many people know who they are, um, uh, is their business growing, all these things, right? And all of those are reputation things. But the true things that God measures is our character. I read a statistic recently, and it said that 99% of leadership failures happen because of a character problem. And I just began to think about how much of our life is all centered around reputation. You know, even me in that moment when I told a half-truth, which, by the way, a half-truth is a full lie, um, I began to think about how many times in my life, you know, do I do things that compromises my character for the sake of reputation? And in that moment, it wasn't really a big thing that I didn't tell the truth about. Um, It was actually about a workout. I kind of just said, a little bit more than what I actually did, but to God, it's a really big deal. And here's the reason why all of this matters, is that a growing platform will not mask or hide your character problems. It will only magnify it. You know, when you read in the Bible, you hear about a man named Saul, and he had trouble with insecurity. And whenever he became king, it revealed it uh, revealed it to everyone else and to him, and it made him have full-on paranoia. 
Judas, we all know, was one of Jesus' 12 disciples. He had an issue with greed. And whenever he became the treasurer, that greed manifested as him being a thief. See, I think a lot of us are praying for the next big platform that God has for us. We see these big dreams in our hearts, and we want to become something great. But the truth is, it's the process of us becoming the person that should obtain those great things that's so important. And the way we do that is through our character development. You know, everything that we do in our lives, if we'll be honest, we all spend all of our money and energy developing our competency and our reputation. Our competency is our skill level. We go to conferences to learn new ways to be more efficient with our time and our business. We read books about how to grow and how to expand. We do all these things, and they basically equip us on our competency. And then, like I said, we spend so much time focused on your reputation focused on what do people say focused on what do people think about us and here's the thing is that our competency and our reputation matter nothing to God see God picks us without regard to our competency or our reputation I love the story about David here the man is the prophet he's about to go in Samuel and he's going to anoint the next king and God tells Samuel don't look at his appearance and don't look at his status in other words, he's letting Samuel know that I'm going to pick to somebody who's not going to seem like they're really competent. And honestly, they're not going to be really of a great reputation. But trust me, you know, what's interesting is, like I mentioned Saul earlier, Saul had a great reputation and he was very competent. But in the end, his character failed. Versus David in the Bible, he wasn't competent. He had no skills, no training. He, had, he didn't have a great reputation. He was a herder of sheep which was the lowest of low of jobs and yet here we see God using him in amazing ways I love in Matthew 7 24 through 27 Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's telling them the parable about the man that builds on the rock and the man that builds on the sand and he talks about each one is building and then the winds came and the uh, the storm beat against the house and he says that the one built on the sand great was was its fall and the one built on the rock stood with the storm and I want to point out two things to you out of that parable number one that you are building no matter whether you think you are or you're not. And some of us think because we haven't been making decisions and we've just kind of been letting life just decide what happens to us that we're not building. And that couldn't be further from the truth. The truth is every day you're building. And it's either you're building the life that you want or you're building the life that you don't want. See, the life you have is the life you build. And the life you build is the life you have. Every decision that you make is laying another layer of bricks on your foundation of your dreams. And I want to ask you, what are you doing today that's setting yourself up to have a good character that you need to withstand the storms that are coming your way? Number two, I want you to know and I want you to see here that storms are an equal opportunity distributor. See, everyone in this life is going to have storms, whether you build it on the sand or you build it on the rock. The only difference between the two is how you're standing when the storm is over. 
Proverbs 24, verse 10. I love this in the message. It says, if you fall to pieces in a crisis, there wasn't much of you in the first place. You know, when you look through our different times, we've we've all seen people that we thought were incredible. They seemed very competent. They had a great reputation, but great was their fall whenever a storm happened in their life. And I think this, that they may have looked like they were something big on the outside, but truly on the heart of hearts on the inside, they were very small. In John 16:33, Jesus is speaking. He says, in this life, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. You know, I love that. Jesus guarantees us here that there's going to be hard times. But here's the thing is we get the choice of what's going to be left of us at the end of it all. And I want to challenge you. Your character is what's going to remain after the storms of life blow in and blow out. The next thing uh, I want to tell you, I want to tell you just three key things as we finish up this podcast is the first one is spend time focusing on your inner life. You know, like I said, we spend so much of our time focusing on our outer life, the things that people see. But I want to tell you that our character represents who we are on the inside. The good news is that if you focus being better on the inside than on the outside, over time, you will become better on the outside. And here's the thing, is that we reap what we sow, and what we do or neglect to do in the privacy of our daily lives impacts who we are. If you neglect your heart, your mind, and your soul, it changes who you are on the outside as well as on the inside. True character in our lives is built by small daily decisions done repeatedly. You know, just like you can't work out one time and become a better person, uh, better physically rather, um, the same way is true in our character development. It's spending time on the small little decisions of producing a good inner life. So I want to ask you, are you the person that you want to be on the inside? Or if at the truest hearts of hearts, you know that you kind of been a little bit deceiving. Maybe pride has been your thing. Maybe you've been on the outside, you look like you have it all together, but on the inside, your low self-esteem is eating you alive. And I'll tell you that low self-esteem and pride really are the same thing. They're an obsession with self, Um, but that's a whole nother podcast. Uh, The next thing. And I want to tell you in this character development that I think will help you uh, be able to cultivate your inner life is keep the heart of a servant. See, the greatest measure of a servant is when you're treated like one. And I think in my life that it's impossible for me to have a high view of myself and a low view of others if I'm keeping myself in a low position of serving. See, serving does this. It asks the question, how would I want to be treated in this situation? And it goes and does that for other people. See, when we have the heart of a servant, we are doing what Jesus told us to do, and that's to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. See, you can't develop a prideful attitude when you remain in a place of a servant. To me in my life, when I'm continuously finding myself in an inner struggle, I always ask myself, Crystal, does this really matter? And number two, I always tell myself, how can I get the focus off of me and onto them? Because see, a negative inner life, an inner life, a character that's all about self, 
continuously spends all of its time trying to prove that it's right. But a person of high character, high moral regard says, you know what? It's really not about me. It's not about having my way. I'm okay to let other people take the preferred spot and I'll take the lower position. The next thing I want to tell you is to lead from a place of humility. See, the best thing in my life is remembering where I was when Jesus got a hold of me. See, I think if we're not careful, we forget how far God has brought us. I remind myself all the time that I was raised in a home that was poverty-stricken. I was raised in a neighborhood that wasn't nice at all. I was raised by a single mom just working day in, day out to try to make ends meet. I remind myself that if not for grace, I wouldn't have all I have. I wouldn't be able to make it through to the other side and have accomplished all that I've accomplished. I continuously remind myself of where God has brought me from. See, I think in this, when we lead from a place of humility, not only are we not forgetting where we came from, but we're also quick to make admit mistakes often. And this is when we mess up, fess up. You know, I can't tell you how hard this is for me. Um, Brian actually laughs at me because I really, really struggle with this. And because I'm the type that I cannot stand to admit when I'm wrong. I want to um, just act like everything's fine and go the other way. And in fact, even with my staff, we've been really into um, the Enneagram test. And it's interesting to see everybody's different personality types and, and what makes them tick. And for me, I am a type three, which is an achiever. And threes tend to have a really hard time admitting when they're wrong. And so recently I told um, my staff, I said, you know, I think that's the case for a lot of people. But you know, I think I'm different. Like I am so good at this now. I'm really good at admitting when I'm wrong. And to which my staff all looked at each other and they were like, we can't answer this question. And it was really funny. The other day we were in Las Vegas, Nevada, and, um, we were going to a restaurant and they put it into the maps and it took us to the Mirage Hotel. And as soon as we got there, I said, guys, the, the restaurant isn't in the Mirage. It's in New York, New York. I remember it distinctly. And they said, well, Crystal, whenever we put it into maps, this is where it takes us. I was like, I'm telling you, it's wrong. So they just listened to me and they put it in. Well, as we're driving, I start to think, what if I'm wrong? So I look it up online and you know what? Maps was right. It was in the Mirage Hotel. And so I tell them, guys, listen, it is in the Mirage. And they're like, oh, no, we knew it, Crystal. So they're starting to turn around. And I said, they must have moved it, to which the whole car burst out laughing because there's no way that they just picked up and moved the hotel in the middle of the night. But it was me and my own attempt of not wanting to admit when I was wrong. You know, if we're not careful, our failure to admit when we're wrong, it begins to erode our character. And when our character erodes, then all of a sudden we lose the trust of the people that we're leading. You know, I love what Craig Groeschel says, that people don't want to follow a perfect leader. You know, I, I think that's so true. He says all the time that people would rather follow a leader who is imperfect and real than a leader who pretends to be perfect. And I think so many times in my life, that's exactly what I have to remind myself.
myself of because I so often have a really hard time admitting when I'm wrong. You know, God spoke to me not too long back and he said, Crystal, you can humble yourselves by two, one of two different ways. The first way is by humbling. And when you humble, that's your choice to humble yourself. Or you can do it by humiliation. And that's my choice to publicly humble you. And so I was like, Lord, I'd rather do humble um, in a private place where I don't have to do it on the main stage. And everybody listening said, Amen. Okay, the next thing I want to tell you under this lead from a place of humility is to remain teachable. You know, to remain teachable. I love this quote, and I don't know who it's from, but I think it's so great. It says, be willing to be a beginner every single morning. You know, I think if we're not careful when we've done this for any length of time, no matter where you're at. I remember when I first started working at Sonic, it wasn't any time at all that I had been there. And a new girl came in to Sonic, and she was trying to show me how to do something. And I remember in my thought process, for those of you that don't know what Sonic is, it's a hamburger fast food place. It was my first job when I was 16, and I worked there all the way through college. And um, I remember thinking in my mind, I've been here for this many months. Who are you to just come in and teach me? And you know, what that is is a prideful attitude. See, I don't think that you can walk in pride and be teachable at the same time. I think when we're teachable, this is, these are the characteristics that we exhibit. We listen. You know, this is one thing that God's really been having me do is just to listen, just to be quiet and listen to other people. You know, oftentimes I think that we listen just so we can have enough time to think about what our response is going to be. But you know, when somebody truly listens to you, you feel so valued. And here's the thing is that when a teachable person is around you, they're always really great listeners. The next thing is ask questions. You know, I think that we can learn from everyone in every situation. Uh, One of my dearest, closest friends, her name is Shanda, and she recently taught a message called What I've Learned from My Kids, and I absolutely love that. And what she's saying is there's no one too small and there's no one too young to learn from. Here she is, a corporate-level executive, I mean, killing the game, and she's sitting here talking about how her children have taught her how to lead better. What an example of leading from humility and being teachable. The next thing is, is how well do you receive criticism? You know, when you get criticism, does it offend you? Does it make you mad? Does it rub you wrong? Do you go into an anger spiral? Um, I know for me, again, I'm a three, guys. It's hard, and so I have to check my heart all the time. Like, this person isn't saying they hate me. They aren't saying anything bad about me. Like, the criticism is to help me. Now, there's a much bigger difference of a hater and criticism, right? Um, Even Braylee, the other day, uh, I came in, and I was telling her some things that she needed to do better when cleaning up the house and she's like mom like I don't need you here just hating on me and being mean to me I'm like Braylee giving you constructive criticism is not being a hater and I think a lot of times we take people giving us constructive criticism as them being a hater to us and that's not the truth the truth is they're just trying to help us and make us better and we're viewing it through a lens of pride and that's why we're defensive Um, the last thing is to accept responsibility 
You know, nobody wants to know how it was everybody else's fault. And maybe it was. But here's the thing is that everybody has a part to play. And it's when you own your part that God can begin to take care of the rest. So, hey, I hope that podcast just really encouraged you. Uh, Character versus reputation. I hope that every single one of you listening um, have felt a little bit challenged to live your life with a greater sense of character and to begin to develop yourself in a new and different way. If you're listening to this, can you do me a favor and share it with somebody that you love? I cannot tell you how amazed I am at how much this podcast just continues to grow. And it grows literally by one share at a time, whether you're sharing it on your social media or sending it to a friend in a text message. It's absolutely incredible to me how I don't really talk about this podcast a lot, but you guys sure do. And it helps get the word out in so many ways. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. If you haven't done so already, uh, leave me a review to the podcast in the comment section down there and on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this on, and it'll help other people discover it and see the value that you are getting. So hey, with all that said, let's do something awesome for God this week.